Welcome to the Climate Techies Sustainability Series, brought to you by Forward VC. If you're looking to network with other climate founders, investors, and corporates in the space, find solutions for decarbonization, potential investors, partners, or clients, learn more about Climate Tech IP, or just relevant carbon accounting and ESG tools, you've come to the right place. To connect with us and the 4,000 other plus Climate Techies, please visit forward.vc slash techies to join our community, WhatsApp and Slack communities to access our climate solutions and climate VC database, plug into our ecosystem and find other partners to work with. More details at climatetechies.com. And reframe problems in an attempt to identify alternative strategies and solutions that might not be instantly apparent with our level of understanding. Um, you've probably heard of IDEO. They're one of the, the kind of the gorilla in the room when it comes to design thinking. They're Silicon Valley based um, firm, and now they've got offices all over the world. Um, Tim Brown, their CEO, has written a book about design thinking, and he talks about it as a human-centered approach to innovation that draws from the designer's toolkit to integrate the needs of people, possibilities of technology, um, and the requirements for business success. Doesn't always have to be about technology, but it is often used in the tech world. And human-centered design is closely related to design thinking. Some people might say it's incorporating more user and stakeholder feedback into every stage of the process, but um, they're, they're closely related. We often call what we do human-centered design. Um, next, I want to talk to you about when you're oftentimes when you are dealing with a business, you know, trying to decide whether to start a service or a product or a business, you're thinking about, should we do it? Is it, you know, is it viable? Can we do it? Is it feasible? But where we want to start with a human-centered design approach is desirability. What do people want or need? I'm going to take a leap and say that most of the things you're doing in the climate tech space, people probably need or want, because I think most of us, most of us in the world want to solve climate change and find ways to mitigate and adapt to the, the problems and the threats that climate change is, is presenting to our world. Um, so we use a set of tools in human-centered design, and it, I'm, I want to show you this so you understand the context that we use stakeholder mapping in. Um, this is what we call our double diamond framework. Um, there's a lot of different frameworks on design thinking in human-centered design that you can find on the, the web. Um, we do this to represent the two kind of big stages of design thinking. That first diamond is about finding the right problem to solve, right? You're, you're framing your initial problem. You're, you're doing some planning. You're trying to understand the world in which you're operating in. And then you're trying to empathize with your stakeholders. And those could be your direct customers your suppliers, your employees, your investors. And then you want to reframe your challenge generally around a human, like around one of your stakeholders to say there's, and you can reframe your challenge around a number of different actors and then move into solving the problem the right way. So first find the right problem to solve. And then that second diamond, we want you to solve the problem the right way. And the first phase is really important because the deeper an understanding you have, the deeper your empathy for your stakeholders, your customers, your partners, your employees, the, the better placed you are to start solving their problems and getting, getting to the heart of um, the, types, the types of challenges they have and how you can help them, right? And, and ideally, right, how you can sell them a service or a product that solves some of the challenges they're facing. So that's just a overview of our methodology. Um, a lot of people ask how design thinking or human-centered design fits in with other methodologies. You've probably heard of Lean Startup. You might've heard of Agile, Six Sigma. Um, we would, this is our imagery. Actually, my partner, um, Mark Bolick, who's here, I think created this one, but we're putting HCD and design thinking at the front of this process. When you're thinking about how to design a service or a product, launch a business, whatever, 
that's a great place for design thinking to, to have a really comprehensive understanding of the problem space that you're working in. And then you can move into these other methodologies further on, whether it's, it's lean startup, um, using something like agile for product development and iteration and testing, um, especially if you're in a tech space. And then obviously Six Sigma is, is about quality control and um, managing the process. So I wanna pause here because I've been rattling away for a bit. And does anybody have any questions about design thinking or human-centered design before I start moving into stakeholder mapping? You can type your question in the chat or would love to hear from you. Actually, Steve, I'll, one question for me, and, and yeah. this is uh, being a little bit of a devil's advocate uh, sure. because I love design thinking, but for say organizations that don't typically use design thinking, at what point should they consider it um, in the, whether it's the information of their company or at what point, yeah, does it need to really get integrated into their way of thinking and the way they do business or in their organization? Um, I mean, I would, I would recommend taking a design thinking approach at the beginning to get to really build an understanding with your team, if, if you have a team, about the business environment you're operating in. Um, but I think you can introduce it anywhere. Um, you know, there's tool, we, we say, you don't, you don't have to say you're doing design thinking. It's a, it's a methodology, it's a set of tools, and it's a mindset. And the mindset is about being curious and having a bit of a naive approach to problems, not assuming that you know everything about your business environment or your problem space and being really open to learning from customers and stakeholders and partners about what their needs are and how they view the problem, because that might offer you some opportunities for services or products or innovations around what you do. Exactly. And so actually, ideally, it's even before you even have your company set up and when you're looking at, at the problem and, and how to address that problem, right? So how do you mm -hmm. engage with users that experience that problem and therefore then design the solutions to, to meet that? Absolutely. And you know, design thinking training is a bit of a commodity. We, we actually do design thinking training. Um, you can get free courses and online and things like that. And there's certainly lots of websites that you can read about it on. Um, so you can teach yourself a little bit of it. I would recommend diving right in, read a little bit about it and start practicing it and try it out. And that's how you, you get good at it. Don't, don't be afraid of, of trying it out. Um, so stakeholder mapping is, I think, one of the reasons you're all here. Um, I want to talk about how you can use a stakeholder mapping tool and activity um, to do a number of different things in your business. So stakeholder mapping comes at the beginning of the process generally. It, it doesn't, you can certainly use it at other stages, um, but when you're trying to frame your challenge and understand your business ecosystem, that's a great time to do a stakeholder map. Okay, so you can see we, we have it listed under the plan phase of, of our process, okay? And this is what, when we teach people about stakeholder mapping, this is, this is what we show them. It's a powerful way of gaining a shared view of the people, partners, departments, it could be other organizations, government agencies who are concerned with the challenge, right? And when we, we frame things as challenges and not problems. Um, and, and we have a special way of doing that to invite people to solve challenges together. And this is a great activity to do at a kickoff meeting with a client or maybe an investor or a business partner. Um, because you may think you know who your stakeholders are and that you agree on them, but stakeholder mapping is really about a framework to have a conversation about who's important to your business and to your into getting your product delivered well, you know, designed and delivered well. So when can you use it? I said you could use it at a kickoff meeting, 
Use it when you want to clarify who's at the heart of a challenge or an aspect of the challenge to create shared understanding about a, a business or a problem space. Get alignment among your team members and a client and mapping value exchanges. And I'll get a little more into mapping value exchanges towards the end of this because I'd like to get you guys all doing stakeholder mapping. I don't want to just talk about it. Um, so here's an example of a stakeholder map. It's really simple. There's nothing complex to it. You can draw a few circles on a, a flip chart. Um, and that's basically what we've done with the physical version there. Um, we, we put these big canvases, we call them on a, on a wall. And we ask people to start writing stakeholders on a post-it with a Sharpie. And we prefer a Sharpie when you're working in a real live space because then people can see it from far away and you have to kind of summarize your idea. You can't write a novel. Um, and then we ask people to put those stickies on the stakeholder map. In the center of the stakeholder map is, is the, are the people or the stakeholders who you think are the most important to your challenge or your business. And then the people in the next circle are a little less important than those in the center. And then there's the outer circle. So I wouldn't say least important. Maybe you can have people outside the circle who are peripheral stakeholders. When we do it digitally, um, we use we use some digital tools to do this on Zoom, and that's an example of a stakeholder map that we've created on uh, in some of our online workshops. And I'm going to go a little more into that now. I want to show you what stakeholder maps can become. It's about having a conversation and building awareness, but you can use it as a visual tool later to build understanding about your, your service or your business. Um, this is an example of kind of a stakeholder map related to fire services in a town. Um, I pulled this off the web, but I think it does a really good job of like the most important stakeholder here is the dweller, the person living in a home that might burn down or be threatened by fire or some emergency. And then you can see who's most important, who's central to them the housemates, their neighborhood, leaders in their community, maybe their landlord. And what they've done here is they've created these different kind of lines. Um, you can see financial, healthcare, fire services, security, education. And you get a sense of you know, who's, who's really important to that stakeholder when it comes to delivering safety services, fire services, things like that. So, and they've, they've used some color coding to show who's directly fire related, who's indirectly related, and who's more of a minor presence. So you can use this for you know, visual aids and presentations. So we like to start any stakeholder mapping exercise with a challenge because it helps focus us. And uh, Nadia and Matt, her, her partner, at Forward VC have recommended this challenge. And just to be clear, we, we start our challenges with an invitation. How might we? So it's not saving how should we or how will we? You're asking first, it's about how, it's not what, and it's might. You're not, you're not trying to say, this is what we have to do. And it's we, it's, it's a collaborative exercise, right? So you're inviting people to, problem solve or challenge solve with you. And today we're going to use this as our framing for the stakeholder exercise. How might we help the climate tech ecosystem build more sustainable businesses that combat climate change? And I know that's kind of a big, a big challenge, um, but it's going to help focus us a little bit. And you can, you can create narrower challenges, but you never want to put the solution to your challenge in your challenge. So you, you want to make sure that it's framed at the right level so that people can start collaborating on it. Um, there's a whole, I guess you could say, art to framing challenges and reframing challenges. So how do we do this virtually? And I'm checking, okay, we want to, I want to jump into stakeholder mapping quickly now. So um, we use a, vi a virtual whiteboard. Um, Mural is our choice for 
for doing uh, stakeholder mapping. Some people like Miro, Zoom and Google also have virtual whiteboards. Um, what we're gonna do now is jump into, I'm gonna stop sharing my screen and I'm gonna switch over to Mural. Um, I'd like a show of hands or maybe a response in the chat about how many people have experience using Mural. Have you ever used Mural or Miro? Because it's pretty similar. I see Mark, I see Mirko, Siraj, Kennedy, um, Hurdy, great. So I would like to ask those of you with experience using Mural to join me in the Mural room. And I'm going to move around some things here, just a second. I have to get into my Mural room. Okay. I just posted the, the link in the chat, guys. So for those that want to join the mural board, feel free to click on that. Thanks, Arish, also. Sorry, I told you, stole your thunder there. No way. That's that's perfect. So I'm going to show, I'm just trying to set up so I can share the mural that we're getting into. And when you get in there, I'd like to ask you to follow me. Um, and here, I'm going to share my screen again. Can you guys see my mural? Can you see the mural board that I'm sharing? Yes, it's visible. You can see it? Okay, great. So before you do anything, um, this is what I'd like to ask before, before you start writing in here. So um, a mural board is, you know, it's basically a blank, a blank space that you can put um, frameworks in. Um, you can use post-its. There's a lot of things you can do with it, but I'm not, I'm not here to sell mural. Um, this is the space that we use virtually. And what I'd like to ask is for the people who are familiar with mural and are in the room with us, if you could, if, if you'll see around the edges here, you can see on the screen I'm sharing, there's a couple, there's five boxes around the edges of the stakeholder map. And I'd like you to, you may know that if you click on a white part of the screen, it'll create a post-it automatically. And then when you click again on that post-it, you can write in it. And what I'd like to ask people to do is take about a minute or two to just write people, people or organizations who you believe are stakeholders in this design challenge of how might we help climate tech eat the climate tech ecosystem, build more sustainable businesses that combat climate change. So- and, Sorry, I was gonna add, yeah, go and for anyone that's not familiar with Mural or on that board, feel free to write your stakeholders uh, in the, the Zoom chat and I will copy it over. Yeah, so people, I wanna make sure that people are following me. So ask, I mean, you might see something in your screen that says ask to be followed. Um, what I'd like you to do is I'm going to zoom in a little bit here. You can find one of these boxes. There's a bunch of existing um, post-its and I'd like you can click on one of the existing post-its and start writing in it. And I don't want you to move any post-its yet. I just want you to uh, either write in existing post-its or um, create new post-its and write in them. And it doesn't matter if somebody, don't worry about what other people are writing write the stakeholders that you believe are, are part of this challenge, are part, part of solving this challenge. How might we help the climate tech ecosystem build more sustainable businesses that can back climate change? Does anybody, maybe we could get some posts. I'm, I'm asking you now, those people in the mural to start writing on post-its. Write the people who you think are stakeholders in those boxes around the side. And you can write, you know, try to write five or six. And uh, if somebody would like to start talking in the chat and suggesting some stakeholders, that would be great. Um, can I ask, uh, like, do people think investors should be you know, climate tech investors. 
Would that be a, a reasonable stakeholder? Um, we could put that on one. Um, I realize also I told people to go on mute, but feel free to unmute if you want to yeah, say things out loud. We'd love to, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to see you too. One of the things I love about Zoom is meeting people from all over the world. So if you're good, I see some people writing some stakeholders. That's terrific. And if you're not in the mural, um, please feel free to write in the chat. Um, you should have a button at the bottom of your Zoom screen or somewhere where you can open the chat box and just type messages to us. And also, if you're seeing um, other people write the same thing, that's fine. We can have multiple of the same stakeholders. Yeah. So. I'm getting some requests online. Yeah. How might we help climate the climate tech ecosystem build more sustainable businesses that combat climate change. So I'm imagining that's most of you, right? We're helping you build more sustainable businesses. I imagine students, great. Thank you, Arush. Let's put students somewhere. I'm gonna write students. Um, I would imagine you know, entrepreneurs, govern governments, um, you know, there's certainly different levels of governments. There's local and national. Um, they're responsible for creating some of the maybe regulations, either governing your business or maybe creating a market for you if it's related to carbon trading. NGOs. Great. Arush, so, and I'd like to encourage you, if you have, if you say NGOs, I would love to know more specifically, what kind of NGOs? Like, are we talking of conservation groups, um, children? Sure. Thank you, Siraj. So, children, I've got government. Political leader, maybe. I see political person. I'll say political leaders. And when I say political leaders versus government, I think, you know, governments, I'm thinking more of like agencies that regulate. Um, I think, I don't know if somebody's written down students. So I'm going to zoom yeah, in here for those of you who aren't. I want to show you some of the things that have been written here. We've got investors, students, political leaders. Over here, somebody's written tech developers, investors, indigenous populations people affected by climate change, market-making partners. This is great. So we have a number of stakeholders here. The next step that I'd like to ask you guys to do is um, take, take a couple minutes and start moving your post-it so you can click on your post-it again and move it to the circle where you think it belongs. You're not asking, you're not asking for permission on where to put it. I just want you to put it where you think you belong, because this is this is where the power of the stakeholder mapping comes in. We're going to find out what what everybody thinks about where certain stakeholders belong. And again, if you're not on mural or ha are having issues with getting on mural, and you uh, feel free to in the chat indicate one for or put put the stakeholder name, and then uh, one for being in the innermost circle or two, three, four to the least relevant stakeholder. And I'll, I'll move, move a post-it note as well. And for those of you who've recommended stuff, yeah, I, somebody just recommended, Arush, you recommended environmentalists. Um, where, where would you place them? I, I wrote that in the upper left. You can, you can move it yourself or you can tell me where to move it. And I'm gonna let, I'm gonna zoom in a little more so people can see what's happening. So far we've got, straddling the center circle, banks, 
climate tech VC investor groups. They're entrepreneurs in the beginning. I think that makes sense. Corporates, NGOs, people affected by climate change, students, strategy consultants, construction workers, okay. Climate foundations, energy providers, corporate sustainability leaders, children. This is good. Yeah, please keep moving stuff in. Let's get everything that's on the on the outside of the, you know, in the boxes where you started moved in here. Try not to block out. If you see, if you see a post-it that has the same stakeholder name as the one you're moving, um, only put them near each other if you actually agree that that stakeholder belongs where someone else has placed it. Because you might, if you think that utility providers belong on the outside as somebody has put them and somebody else thinks they belong closer to the center, that's a, that's a discussion you need to have. You don't, don't give in to your peers and, and just move your post-it to where somebody else put a similarly named stakeholder. I will say, you know, we've got a lot of people doing this. Ideally, when you're doing this type of thing, you, you, know, you can have a group of maybe up to like seven or eight. Um, it is good to break into teams sometimes to do this. If you're doing it with a larger group, you know, get like teams of four or five or six and have them have each team work on a stakeholder map and then share the results. So um, I think we've got a lot of stuff in here. Let's, um, let's pause writing and moving and let's just take a look at this and have a discussion. Would somebody, um, Nadia, would you like to read off who's in the center of the circle? Sure. So people have recommended. Yeah. So we've got a bunch in here uh, and some are a little bit overlapping. So hopefully I'll get them right. But there's climate tech startups, indigenous populations, government, founders, environmentalists, entrepreneurs, children, corporate sustainability leaders, corporates. And then we kind of have some on the peripherals of the with the second line. So we have farmers, political leaders, climate tech, VC investor groups, data providers, and banks. Okay. Um, any comments from anybody? Anybody want to ch challenge? Uh, you know, some, somebody, some stakeholder has been put in the center and you think mm, maybe, maybe that's not the most important. Remember, we go back to the challenge and that challenge, which I, which I listed above, how might we help climb the climate tech ecosystem build more sustainable businesses that combat climate change? So who are stakeholders are going to help you attack that challenge? Mark, you got something to add? I uh, just uh, <clears throat> it occurs to me that um, the climate tech ecosystem part of this discussion is is kind of understanding what that means, right? And mm -hmm. um, in this exercise with a, a group of people who are may, maybe not all familiar, then um, that might be a little bit of a thing that would need to be explored. But if I guess if you're doing this <clears throat> inside a group of people who are familiar with one another, it, they'll, they'll, it'll be a little bit of a different discussion. So right now okay. it's kind of wide open, um, but we're just beginning the conversation about who the stakeholders are around this ecosystem. Right. It's certainly, this comes up a lot when you're, you're starting to map stakeholders or attack a challenge. You realize that not everybody has the same understanding of the terms in your challenge, right? So that that's an excellent thing to talk about. And I, I don't know if people wanna offer a definition of a climate tech ecosystem. Um, generally, yeah, you should make sure you have that done at the, at the outset. We did, I think we made the assumption that most of you have an understanding of that, but this is all about challenging assumptions and making sure you have a very clear shared understanding of your challenge and the problem space. 
So um, I see somebody, Jitesh. Steve, can I jump in real quick on, yeah. in terms of that comment? Uh, realizing, representing forward where we're calling ourselves the climate tech ecosystem builders. Um, yeah, I think it is, it's, it's purposefully a little bit uh, ambiguous because ideally, and maybe as pointed by this exercise and everyone putting a bunch of the people in the middle is ideally ev almost everyone can be a climate tech uh, within the a climate tech stakeholder, right? Um, we focus specifically on the climate tech and not just climate ecosystem um, for now, because um, we're, we're seeing that tech is playing a major role within um, moving things along within terms of combating climate change. But that also doesn't mean that tech is the only thing that can do that, obviously. And also uh, making sure that we have the right stakeholders in those conversations as well, right? So I, I love the fact that we have things like indigenous populations in the center and children, because when you think climate tech or startups and things like that, you don't necessarily think of those stakeholders, but really we should be. Um, but yeah, so it's a bit, I think, purposely ambiguous, um, but in the context of this exercise, we'll keep it as that. Um, and also encourage everyone that's even interested in uh, the, this this kind of ecosystem to therefore also join our community to see how we can support that um, collaboratively. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I see, I see somebody, uh, Jitesh mentioned that climate activists are major stakeholders. So I the, guess the question, the questions you want to start with now are like, it, it is kind of a a map about relative relationships, right? Who will, if somebody's not in the center and they're in another circle, it doesn't mean that they're not important. It means they're maybe less important than the stakeholder in the center to, to specifically to the problem you're trying to solve. One thing to also ask, or maybe to help define this would be who are the, the benefactors or the actors who will help improve the climate tech ecosystem, like help climate tech companies become operable, sustainable, profitable. Think about that. And then you might think on the flip side, who are the beneficiaries of a well, a, a sustainable climate tech ecosystem? So you could like draw a line down the middle and say, benefactors and kind of contributors to a sustainable climate tech ecosystem. And then on the other side would be beneficiaries of that. And you could start moving things around like that. Does somebody want to read to us the, um, the post-its around the side? I think, uh, Arush, are you there still? Yep, I am. Um, so Maybe the second. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, so to the side, right? Like the utility providers and the construction workers. Um, and you have, so as per our members today here, we have at the very sides, uh, we have utility providers, universities, uh, strategy consultants, uh, manufacturers of goods and construction workers. Okay. And then did we read off who's, in that second circle, kind of outside the center? Uh, in the very second circle, we have international organizations, venture capitalists, investors, climate activists, market-making partners, people affected by climate change, local governments, local economic development actors where startups are based, technology developers, uh, climate activists again, uh, data providers, NGOs, um, NGOs again, climate foundations, service providers in the tech ecosystem, universities, groups, and students, climate tech VC investor groups. I think that's two, that's in the middle. Uh, technology providers, startups, corporates to the side as well, political okay. leaders, farmers, students, rights, environmentalists, governments, and we're back. Yeah, and banks. Okay. So, is there anybody who thinks either there's a stakeholder group that's here that doesn't belong here or that there's something there's something important missing? There's a stakeholder that's not in here that's missing. I think so we've like, forgotten I, schools as well. Schools? Okay. Yeah, because they sort of teach children from 
when at the learning age. So if we sort of engage with students at a very young age and we sort of teach them about climate change from the very start, and I think schools play a major role in it, and that could go a long way in fighting climate change by uh, engaging and educating young fellows about climate change. So it's not just about it's not just about giving them uh, technical skills to start businesses or maybe be employed by climate tech businesses. It's about building their understanding of the challenge of climate change. So they're demanding solutions, right? And they're accepting of, of you know, government or corporate movements, societal um, movements to combat climate change. Is that what you're saying, Arush? Mm-hmm. And I think uh, also a major step is that acknowledging that this is something that is the problem of the century. And mm-hmm. this is something that will directly affect them because once they realize this is what will directly affect them, this is something they'll pay heed to and in a larger amount than they would otherwise. Okay, great. Jitesh, you have, a, you have your hand up. Jitesh, it's, it's a little bit hard to hear you. We can't hear you. I think you need to turn up your microphone or get closer to it. Uh, can you hear me now? Very could faintly. You, could you write it in the chat? Strategy consultants could move closer to the center in the second ring. That, oh, that's Siraj. I'm looking for... I already moved them, yeah. Okay. Research scientists could be included too. That's a great, great point. And where would you suggest putting them, Jitesh? Would you put them in the center or uh, another circle? Center or closer to the center, okay. Did somebody put that one in or should I write that? I haven't yet. I'll do it right now, search. I'd like to add something else. I think the universities for research, which is at the periphery of the of the diagram, I think it, they should be much more in the center because universities are typically the uh, pioneers of climate change research. Okay. Yeah, I see we've got schools in there, but we could say, you know, there's schools. I guess you could, you could differentiate. Um, Oh, I just moved it over into the middle from the other. Okay. So that that brings up a, a good point or make reminds me of a good point, um, Arush, is that when you're doing stakeholder mapping, um, you want to try to be specific, especially if you're in your company, your team, um, or partners are in a room together. Um, you might have you might have very specific individual stakeholders. So you could talk about political leaders or or students or data providers or climate activists, but there might be like a leading group or company that you wanna name, name that company, right? Um, Acme, you know, venture capitalists who you're trying to get, a, you know, that you wanna have fund you. Or, or there could be a specific person at a company and you wanna name that person. Like that's that's one of our chief stakeholders, like the guy who's in charge of this bank branch or something that's investing in us, or or maybe our um, one of our mentors or something like that, or maybe it's a research scientist at a university who pioneered the tech that you're that you're trying to market. Like so, those that might be a really important stakeholder, and you want to name that person. Um, it helps. It helps make it more real and it helps enrich the discussion. So I'm gonna pause here because we're, we're approaching 10 of, um, and I just wanna, I'm gonna make a few more points about stakeholder mapping, but what I'm hoping you've seen is obviously this, you know, you can make a mess just putting post-its all over a screen, but the point is about having a conversation about who's important to helping you solve a challenge and and attack a challenge. And what's the relative level of importance among these different stakeholders? And if you section it up 
if you section it between like benefactors and beneficiaries, um, you could put obstacles. You, there might be stakeholders who are obstacles to your progress, like climate deniers, right? Or, or politicians who you, you could name a politician or somebody who doesn't want to allow you to you know, pass a regulation or start your business because they think that it's uh, anti-capitalist or something like that. I mean, I'm just trying to, you know, mention some of the challenges that we do see today in some places. Um, I'm going to stop here. Sorry, any questions? Oh, no, I was just going to add also to that point. So the fact that we've done this exercise and we have a lot of these sticky notes in the in the center, because uh, as said, like the, the challenge itself was kind of maybe a bit um, purposely ambiguous, but also wanted to note, um, Mark, uh, well, Steve, you had just mentioned different ways that you can split these different stakeholder maps by types. Mark had also made a good suggestion about bifurcating the map with both internal to the ecosystem and external, uh, like wider stakeholders to explore different types of stakeholders as well. So that might start to also differentiate between the different levels, because right now it kind of looks like everyone's really important, right? So how do you start actually um, based on the the, the need of, of what you're looking at it to do in an organization or the, the specific activity, uh, start limiting it in, in that way as well? And yeah, absolutely. And stakeholder map, you know, you could have this up on your wall in your business or your office, and you might learn more in the future as you talk to some of these stakeholders. You might realize that somebody is more important than you thought or less important, or there's somebody you forgot about, and you can add that to your stakeholder map. But it is a great thing to do with a team and with other partners to build a group understanding and to make sure you understand each other and how you're approaching a challenge. I'm going to stop sharing. So um, if you want to stay in that mural, you are welcome to. Um, but right now, what I'm going to do is uh, share my screen again. And uh, going back to my stakeholder map slide, oh, excuse me. Not. Okay, here we go. Okay, so um, as we said, stakeholder mapping is this powerful way to gain a shared view of people, partners, companies who are concerned with your challenge or the challenge you're trying to solve. Um, and you can use it to clarify who's at the heart of the challenge and create shared understanding. It's really about that shared understanding. A lot of times you go into meetings and everybody thinks they're talking about the same thing and they have the same understanding about who's important to solving this problem or selling our product or managing something. But if you don't do an exercise like this, you know, you really don't know what, what the other people in the room are thinking. So it's a great exercise to do with a team of people to uh, create that shared understanding. And um, I want to just hop into like, this can lead to other things, right? I mentioned other types of mapping before. Um, we have used stakeholder mapping to launch into something that we would call ecosystem mapping. And you've probably heard of an ecosystem map before. There, there literally are the ecosystem maps, so like the natural systems out there. And um, if you do an ecosystem map, you're going to have stakeholders, but then you're also going to overlay on that resources, the environment, like systems and policies and markets, the interactions and relationships power flows, money flows between different stakeholders on that map, and then also barriers and obstacles. You know, an ecosystem map can become more like a system map where you're looking at um, virtual virtuous cycles or vicious cycles or stable cycles. And I wanna show you an example of one that I found that I, I thought was really interesting. Um, and I'm, we did, we've done things similar to this with clients where we've looked at an ecosystem and we first started by mapping the stakeholders. And then we thought, how do these all, how do these stakeholders interact? Like, how does this stakeholder impact this stakeholder? And, and what's going on here? Why are these behaviors the way they are? And this, this map came from somebody trying to map a child well-being ecosystem. Um, so they've got different areas like early childhood and 
post-secondary and after-school enrichment, teacher support, health, social services, behavioral health. And then if you zoom in, you can see that around each one of these kind of spheres, you have other, it's kind of hard to read this because you have Urban League Head Start. Um, you have the names of specific programs that are early childhood um, care or education providers. You have early childhood policy in here. So you've got organizations that are doing early childhood policy. You have policy and advocacy here in the center. And you, you can draw linkages between these different spheres that you need to be concerned about in, in your ecosystem. And you can certainly do something like this for, um, for climate tech, right? And uh, just, to, just to go one more on this, this, for instance, is a, a tech, excuse me, a startup ecosystem map. This got moved around a bit um, in St. Louis. Um, so they were trying to map the startup ecosystem because they wanted to empower, they wanted to bring more business to St. Louis. So they mapped the startup ecosystem um, to help people understand, you know, where the, where the funders were what competitions there might be for startups to get into, what sort of accelerators would help them build their businesses and mentor them. So that's another way you can use stakeholder mapping, start with a stakeholder map and build it into something larger. So um, I'm gonna move on to my last slide. So just so you can see it, you know, I'm having a little trouble with my tech here, sorry about that. There we go. So an ecosystem map can provide you with a look at the stakeholders, the resources, the, the environment that you're operating in, um, such as systems, policies, interactions, relationships, flows. Um, any questions about this or stakeholder mapping in general? Or design thinking? I know it's the end of the day for some of you. How many of you are in? How many of you are in Europe or Asia? I'd love to see a, uh, something in the chat. Yeah, Nadia is in Romania right now. Now Mark and I are on the east coast of the U.S. Mirko, Mirko, maybe Mirko's in Romania. He's got a thumbs up on that. Okay, well, got India and Hong Kong also represented. Oh, great. Um, awesome. Steve, so, do you have anything else to share? Because otherwise, given that I was having streaming issues in the beginning and a, a little bit frazzled, I might reintroduce what, what forward is and also uh, reshift because, yeah, we want to make sure that's part of the recording as well. Sure. Um, yeah, I would say um, if you're if you're interested in contacting me for any information about design thinking or what we do, um, I will pop my... Uh, my information, my contact details in the chat, or you can find me on uh, on LinkedIn. Um, we also have, a, I think, because of our a partnership here. So, um, if you if you guys want to receive, I think, but it's a discount through ReShift Services. Feel free to get in touch with us also at, at Nadia at Forward.vc. Um, but yeah, otherwise, definitely get in touch with ReShift. They're they're really helpful. They're great. Um, and as far as for, for forward goes, yeah, join our uh, join our community because the more climate tech folks we have in there, the better, and we, the more we can support that ecosystem. So we've got a really strong um, Slack and WhatsApp channels, about three thousand people on there, and there's a bunch of startups also that need everyone's support. So please join, and yeah, feel free to find out more about us as well. Great. Thank you. And thank you, Arush, for uh, posting our website link in there. I want to say one last thing about uh, ReShift. So um, well, here we go. It looks like I got this sized incorrectly. So um, we are, there we go. We are, like, as I said, an innovation support company. Um, we've trained hundreds of people around the world, um, virtually and in person, um, on design thinking, change management, facilitation, innovation, 
Um, we've done a lot of work on helping people validate hypotheses around their products and services through design sprints. Um, we do train the trainer programs. Um, we've done a lot of co-creation workshops for international development. And I think I mentioned some of that's been around climate focused challenges. Uh, we've done that in Asia and Africa and South America and over here in, in the Americas as well. And um, we also do research on problems you know, with, with a human-centered focus. And uh, we certainly help people co-create and solve challenges with their clients, their partners, their suppliers. We've done a lot of things with companies where they bring in partners and they figure out better ways to collaborate together and use each other's services or products. Um, so that's a little bit about us. Um, we're always happy to, to chat and um, I'm always happy to share resources around design thinking. You can go to our website. We have a blog and a newsletter that you can sign up for there. Um, my partner, Mark, who's there um, on the screen, um, does pretty regular blog posting on LinkedIn. So if you want to learn more about the innovation work, design thinking, you can follow us there and follow Mark. Yeah. And we'd love to hear from you. Great. Yeah, and we really value you being part of our ecosystem. So thanks for helping our companies as well. Um, and with that, we've got, well, less than one minute to spare. So we are on time and we can let everyone get back to their days or nights for that matter. Um, but really value um, you, Steve. Thank you so much for, for hosting this and, and uh, teaching our community. And for everyone else, uh, yeah, please follow us. We have also more events coming up, uh, I think, well, if, you, if I move my head correctly, some of the links in terms of finding out more about our events and our programs, uh, whether you're a startup, a, a full-fledged company, corporate, a consultant, investor, anyone that wants to get involved, come join us. So thank you so much, guys. And yeah, have a great time. Thank you, Nadia. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Thank you, Jim Petro.